Brought to you by Angie Lancaster Remax, GMIG's Fifth Street Pub, and AMPM Plumbing. Now, live from GMIG's Fifth Street Pub in Valley Junction, this is the Hawkeye Huddle with your hosts, David Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1350. ESPN, ESPN Des Moines. Hey. Drawing it out. Hey, we are G Migs, as uh, as the lead in said, and uh, it is uh, starting to look holiday festive in here. Uh, a festivus for the rest of us. They've got the uh, the Christmas decorations going up. Jingle in the Junction this week is starts it? Thursday. Yeah, it's th- every Thursday night they'll be open late down here in uh, in Valley Junction. So probably not next Thursday. Oh well, yeah, probably not. But that day of Thanksgiving. You know what I'm talking about, though. So anyway, looking great down here. You want to come down and join us? It is the, uh, it is the uh, let's see, what do they do? They do $10 apps, wraps, and, and wings, wings on Tuesdays. So The intern's in the house. He is in the house. I wasn't sure. Cyclone fan Cyclone of the Hawkeye Hill. Hill. Also in the house. Hey, I actually had somebody, uh, and Cyclone fan will attest to this. Somebody just heard me talking the other day in, an, in another bar and came up behind and said, which one of you guys is on the radio? <laughs> and I thought after 20 years, somebody finally recognized my voice. I actually think he thought I was Trent Condon. That's I think okay. He works for, I think he thought I worked for 1460 because I do sound a little like Trent. We've, we've, a little we've bit. established that. But it, either way, I was... It was, it was Will you do the yeah, rent-to-own commercial real fast and I, then we'll know? No, no. <laughs> Renter's Warehouse. There you go. Is what, uh, there you go. Anyway, so the Hawks with a big victory this last weekend uh, over Rutgers, 22 to nothing. They shut them out. This just in. Rutgers been to Kinnick Stadium twice now, and they have yet to score a point. You know, uh, I saw David Eicholt said that Rutgers has never scored in Kinnick, and I was thinking, had they been there before? And then I remembered it was like 28 nothing or something like that. Uh, just a couple of years ago. Uh, 26, I think. 26 nothing. I, I didn't look it up, but I think it was 26. Yeah. Right. So at any rate, yeah, they, so, yeah. a, solid, a solid defensive performance, shocking, well, by the uh, University of Iowa, and then, of course, the explosion of offense. Well, it could have been more. It Nineteen could have been more points, points in the second half, right? But four hundred and three yards is the way to look at this, yes. right? Which is the most since uh, they they blew since, out Maryland, uh, Maryland at Maryland a couple of years ago. In the, in that game, I believe they had six turnovers. Uh, they got a bunch of turnovers from Maryland and a couple of long runs from uh, uh, Tyler Goodson in that game. That was a, that was the last time Iowa had that kind of success. I, it was somewhere close to that the last time they had over a two hundred yard passing day. And, and uh, Deacon Hill went for 222, I think, the other day, 20 of 31. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that you're going to – I think Kirk's statements today – I'm, I'm all over the map already in my brain. But Kirk's statements today about uh, it, what he's said – Did you take your medicine? I didn't. That, Squirrels. Right. You know what? Let's, let's backtrack on that. There is a, uh, there's an applicable thing that he's been talking about all year with, with regard to growth. When we talk to Tom Kager, we'll talk about his website and – Torby wrote uh, on his website a great article today about you don't microwave this stuff and how Kirk has said that a number of times. He's a and, crockpot guy. Yeah, and and he's I got something going to the crockpot today. He's pointed it out. So let, let's uh, let's get to, uh, let's think real quickly though about a couple of these things. Um, observations of fans on the way home. Hey, Brian Ferentz called a great game. It's good for, to see him calling a great game on the way out. Brian Ferentz did absolutely nothing different except for wear a jumpsuit or sweatsuit. With no Tiger Hawk. With no Tiger Hawk. He called the exact same plays he calls every week. Why did he do that? That's a 21-gun salute. He called the exact same plays. Blowing up bridges. They had the exact same schemes. 
They did the exact same things, and he ran the jet sweep at mind-numbingly stupid times Oh, again. I disagree. Uh, the first jet sweep, I thought, was run at a perfect time. The, the first one, there, I, I liked the first one because Brown cut in, he was designed to cut inside. It was third and short. He didn't run it all on, a, on, a, on a second long or a first and, and long. He ran it, ran it on a third and short. I thought that one was pretty good. And then he ran it again. And so three out of the five times they ran it, they lost four or more yards. So if you're telling me that any time you call that play is a good idea, that if, if 60% of the time you call that play, you're going to lose four or more yards. I'm going to tell you something. It's a dumb play. 60% of the time, it works nearly all the time. It's a dumb play. There you go. And Keep your ru- wrist down because I can't hear you when oh, it's up. Sorry. And there, on top of that. That works much better. On top of that, after the, the great long pass to Ortworth to – Start the second half. Which everyone in the mother had to look up who 40, right, right. 48 was. Um, and he, is, he, he came in with some accolades. A kid people thought would be good, but he hadn't had that many snaps. Ran it down to the 20-yard line. He's your fifth-string tight end. Ran down to the 20-yard line. First thing you do is let's, let's do a jet sweep and lose six yards. Great. Good idea. Now we're on in field goal range. Jet sweep is the dumbest thing we do. It, there's one time to use it. We used it on – you're right. The first one was good. After that, it's the dumbest thing. Anyway, same game out of Brian. So well, I'm well, not giving him ha- any credit. The team executed. How about, the team let me, let executed me ask you this, and I, and I don't want to talk about it, the one obvious negative play call, but you're on the left hash on the three-yard line or five-yard line, and you decide you're going to throw a 48-yard pass yep. short of the goal line on third down. Yep. That should have been a pick six against you. It was the only, mo- only moment in Kinnick the other day where I thought Iowa would, might lose was when that ball was hanging in the air and the guy went to tip it. And w- when he tripped, I was relieved because for a second, you know, your brain works fast enough that I thought to myself, oh, yes, pick six. We're going to be down seven to three. And then he fell down. and I'm like, OK, good. We're not right. And then from there on, there was nothing. Right. But yes, it was a, it, that was a dumb play call as well. A really dumb play call. And a poorly uh, – Andrew says he uh, – It was a duck. Say, well, Andrew thought it was tipped at the line. Well, we if, it, if it, was, it may have been tipped, but I can assure you this, that ball was not spiral. He did not spin no, it. No, it was, a, it was a poorly thrown ball. It was underthrown. It was, it was a dumb idea. All I'm saying is it's this. just a horrible play. The 400 yards Iowa ran up the other day was due to the offensive line blocking better. We're going to talk a little bit about Let some me of the ask guys you a question. playing there. And we, it was due to – Deacon Hill throwing the ball better, the running backs executing better, the wide receivers actually. I wonder if I the have football. an opinion on any of this. I'm going to get to it. You just keep stopping me from saying it. it's execution. That was my point. This was all. I'm execution. all for it. Um, let I'm me ask you. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. It seems to me in the last two games since Tyler Ellsbury's been playing center that the offensive line has been playing better, and and this is not necessarily take anything away from Logan Jones, who I think this year has played. I don't know. 30 times better than he did last year. It's been improved. Um, but it seems to me like the line is gelled better with Ellsbury in there. There was a comment last week by uh, Jennings Dunker that he's the smartest dude in the room. He sees things that other people don't see, and he's able to get them in the right stuff. Is there a chance that Ellsbury is your center next year and Jones goes to guard? There's got to be a chance because of exactly what you're talking about. Clearly. What, whatever was going on the other day, Deacon Hill was not touched. Now, let's look at Rutgers going into this game. They're, they're a top 15, top 10 defense. Weren't they top three in the Big Ten in sacks? Yes. 
Yes. On top of that, in scoring their top 15, in most categories are a top 10, top 15 defense. He was not touched. What happened magically to our quarterback who can't complete a pass when he's not touched or pressured? Suddenly, he feels a little more comfortable, right? And he Some, and Deacon got his got his gig on. He got his swag going a little bit yes or last Saturday after after having some some success completing short range passes throwing the ball hard and it was being caught now there i mean you got to remember the dude was one for his first six or seven um and i what was he at halftime three for ten with no, a he pick was, uh, he was ten for 13 and half ten for so he was one for his first four four he well that can't be right because he threw an interception well i somebody i saw he was 10 for 10 for 13 the other day at halftime but uh, nonetheless, he had the first one was it was a drop. The second one, he actually had Regani open for a touchdown if he had just waited half a second. Yes, yeah, so he, 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 he only overthrew him by four or five yards. If he'd have waited, that's a touchdown. And then he got it on. I'm not sure I, he had to wait. He just threw it. They have a little more touch. More touch. But point, uh, you're, you're, the point being, he got it rolling. You're right. He got it going, and the confidence showed. And the more he sat there and watched Iowa's linemen knew that they were blocking the guys coming. Rutgers is blitzing all day. Right. They're bringing guys, and they're getting blocks. So what's the key to that? Is that is that, that these guys execute better? Or is your center? I don't know. I don't know either, but is your center making calls? And number one, and also is your center chipping guys that Logan Jones may not be getting, right? Ellsbury's a little bit bigger, broader dude. He's, he's definitely bigger than Logan Jones. Yeah, he's not as athletic, but there was a pocket there. Well, you know, and the other thing that Iowa got going, which had, has to help your running or your passing game, is that you had three effective running backs. All I think all three of them were over over 50 yards. I was thinking they might have been, all been over 60. Um, it, is it related? And it was good to see Caleb, Caleb Johnson back in there. Yep. Uh, making some good runs, uh, he presi- he pr- presents what I will call a little bit less physical, but more breakaway, more explosive uh, option there at running back. You know, he had a, a real nice long run, the kind that we have seen him many times have in his short Iowa career, um, and so th- those kinds of things. Again, the stretch play to the left seems to be working pretty well right now uh, under certain circumstances. And yet we ran it like the second play of the game, and I, I swear I think uh, Williams, I thought he got like nine or ten yards, and he didn't run it again till the second half. And I don't, you know, look, Brian, Brian's Brian. He's going to be who Brian is. But, it, it again, at the end of the day, the Hawks played a great game. They, they got it going on offense, and you have to be – uh, happy with that it sounded to me like the crowd was enthusiastically happy just in general so here, here was the interesting thing that the crowd went in with trepidation okay well, it, was, sure. it, was, it was it was a this was the most subdued we started we started a game it was a pick the, game I, I know, totals 28 I'm you're you, thinking oh what we, are we gonna be in for today the, the first time we had the ball and then it, it, we were people were excited but they were into it a little tre- but not like they were just even two weeks ago, right? And then we had a chance to get them to jump off sides. Right. And we did, and it was like a, the light bulb turned on. It was like the entire crowd went, Again, oh, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do We're here. supposed to be a problem. We're here to have fun and be a problem. Brucey had a great idea, and we got to send this to somebody. There should be a ticker on the scoreboard for how many times we get that to happen because it was six, and we were counting. And if you count the, the uh, snap... Counting. That 
came out early, which uh, yes. was on a third down, was a 15-yard loss, and Joe Evans had the easiest sack of his entire Hawkeye career uh, by touching the guy. I'm not even sure he probably gets credit for that, but nevertheless, maybe a tackle for loss. Uh, but that was crowd-related as well. So seven negative plays on offense, and I don't – how many plays did Rutgers run? 50? Something like I mean, Maybe? They, they had three and outs on all, but one, in the, one, one drive in the second half. They were three and out every other drive. They punted – this this was the part that was num, uh, mind numbing to me. Actually, was there were no they didn't attempt a field goal. They didn't try to go for it on a fourth down. It was just three. Punt, Greg three Schiano punt, is three the punt. epitome of oh, an he, old school football oh, coach. Oh, he is. I'm and sorry. It's it's third and or fourth and two on. Uh, we're in negative territory. We're punting. It in. He, and he will get this done for them, by the way. I think he's pretty good. I think he's. I think, I think, I think he's, he's very get, good. And I, it, yeah. the question is, is can he find some dudes who can play his kind of football? Because when he got there, there weren't any dudes who could play no. his kind. He wants no. to be a physical football team, and they, and they've had a decent year. Don't get me wrong. And frankly, I think when when Bruce and I sat in here, I think we were watching Rutgers play. It was early in the season. We're like. They're probably the best team we have left on the schedule. It, it, it there was a so I, I'm looking at Northwestern right now and feeling like winning at Northwestern, even though we had the, the crowd advantage, that's a pretty good win because of the way they're playing ball. Right. But at some point in time, I thought Rutgers was going to be them the second, go to, the second to best. Wisconsin, beating them by two touchdowns. It was talk about your head scratchers. Right. right. Um, I feel like Rutgers was the second best football team I was beaten this year so far, if not the best. No, Iowa, Iowa State's State, the best. Right? Iowa State, right? Iowa State at six wins over nobody, but they got Oklahoma State. They, gave me they beat Kansas. They did not beat Kansas. They, they did not Kansas. beat Kansas. They lost to Kansas. That was, I was so drunk that I thought yeah. they won. Yeah, uh, I, I, me too. <laughs> no, but uh, no, they lost to Kansas. But anyway, Iowa State's probably the best team I was beaten so far. It's toughest on the road in that atmosphere. This was the next best victory, and we and we won 22 to nothing. We How come we Oklahoma State's continues to be rated higher than Iowa in the AP We are poll. all over the place today, but I will tell you, I it is a mystery to me, a team that can lose at home to South Alabama, 33-7, to and lose to S- Central Florida, 5-5. Five and 45-3. Five, five to three. And still be rated and, ahead of and Iowa. And get blown out at Iowa State, a place that another team uh, is currently unrated in the AP poll yeah. uh, won. Silly. Last thing to mention about well, I shouldn't say the very last, but one of the things we got. What to are we done already? Game. No, I'm just <laughs> we're gonna. I'm just getting through this. By the way, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. Caleb Brown waited his turn, frustrated at some points in time. Got the big catch last week. He got several touches this week. Big cut, you know, touchdown, and he's uh he's he, first string now on the. You want to know what impressed me the most? And obviously, when you're at the football games, you don't you can't see this. He's a big dude. Is he, I, I mean, he, he, uh, stocky, stocks, uh, muscular. Uh, well, he was this. a running back in high school, he's, and he and he showed it. He's fast. He is fast, so, and, and yes. he's he is going to be a stalwart for the next uh, hopefully three years or two I, two I, years. I, I guess. I hope he feels good about the fact that his role. He's sophomore. Is, I think so. Okay. And I feel I hope he feels good about it, the fact that his role is getting solidified by the way he's playing. And he's gonna and it's figured it out because uh, he wants and wants to stick around because I could see that kid six weeks ago, three weeks ago, going, "Geez, I'm not getting any passes, I'm not getting any touches, I'm not playing." But guess what? You got he got his chance. He made the big play against Northwestern, and he made several big plays the other okay, day. Okay, one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say, and this before we go to break, you have to admire the way that Kirk Ferentz, for the last two seasons, has kept this football team from having any divisiveness between offense and defense. And Jake Butt, the I announcer, totally agree. Absolutely. The announcer said, you know, I've been on teams where you've got, 
offense versus defense and, and jealousy and anger because one one side isn't doing the other. Kirk Ferentz and his team his, and his coaching staff has done an incredible job of keeping these guys co- together as one unit, one squad, all in this together. And Saturday was the culmination where you finally got to see the offense be the contributor. You know what the secret to that is? Uh, Manny's. No, a little bit of mustard, pepper on the side. Maybe some paprika, but... The happy spice of the day. You know, the, the, the secret to that is having good dudes be your captains. And the secret is to having good kids in your locker room who can keep that together, who can make that work. Guys like Cooper DeGene, right? Guys like Cade McNamara, who's not playing at all, but right. he's still in that locker room. And Luke Lachey. And Luke Lachey. Uh, you've got, I mean... And Noah Shannon. Noah Shannon. Now you've got the... Noah Higgins. Shannon gets to walk on, get, on Saturday. It's going to be great. Higgins has been sitting waiting for his turn. He's the leader now on that defense. No question. These guys, these are, these, this, is what, this is why teams can stick together because you recruit good kids right. who think about the team, who try to process what you're doing versus recruiting kids who are more about um, how am I going to the pros? What are my right? highlights? What are my highlights? How come I'm not getting right? my touches? Those you, wonder, you look back and some of the good Hawkeye players who were not captains who are playing in the NFL right now, Good players, but they weren't captains. There's reasons for that. All right. Right? Tell me who won. Uh, the Mayor Smith Marsa? Uh, might be, I is a, Yeah. Was, who? was Tyler Goodson a captain? I don't know. I don't, I don't think he? so. Not in the NFL. Oh, he's not in the NFL. That's yeah. All right. I'm not even sure about it. Anyway, I just think that it's, it's got something to do with It's time for coaches. our first break. It also has something to do with the kids. All right, we'll be back. We've got men's basketball, women's basketball, all kinds of other sports to talk Soccer. about. Soccer. Soccer. We got soccer. We got to break down soccer. We come back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1350 ESPN Des Moines. That's bumper music. I <laughs> Sorry, Danny. We, we got caught chatting. <laughs> we do this in between. The Remember Hawkeye our, Huddle between the commercials is oftentimes the best part, but thankfully no one can hear yeah, everything can't it hear says. It. Brett Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. with you here at G-Migs in 5th uh, Street here in West Des Moines. Come down and join us here for the next couple of hours. $10 apps, wraps, and uh, wings tonight. Uh, of course, the Hawks play Creighton tonight at uh, 9, 10 p.m. I think we'll probably not be here at that. There's point. no we'll chance. Home. Are you going to be in a bed or in a Oh, no, I'm going to be on the couch, but I, I do want couch? you to see. You got, you got, you're wearing the Blue Jays <laughs> underneath. Eh. It's, this one's a tough one, folks, because Creighton went to his namesake university. It's my alma mater. But he's also cl- clearly a, a you know huge Hawkeye fan, so... Uh, we're going to break that game down a lot here in, in, in the next few minutes. You know what? We might as well start, and let's with talk Tom about Kaker. it with Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon. Did they really name the university after Dave? They did not, Tom, and I, oh, I, I, I can assure, you, no, I I can assure you that I tried. However, was that a good pickup line back in college? No. No, it wasn't. Uh, Didn't work. But biggest reason is when you're a freshman, the very first thing they do is teach you about the history of the university. And Bill and Ed Creighton and Mary Lucretia were the uh, Creightons who worked for the U- Union Pacific, gave all the money to start the university through their Jesuit Catholic church. And that's how it came to me. They, they had no children, no offspring. So there is no way for you to somehow. I am not of their loin yeah, there's or no way, line. Yeah, You could be like a long lost cousin or something like I that. I suspect, but. It's, it's possible, right? It's that would have been the greatest. Highly thing. unlikely. Yeah, a lot of people would have been dumb enough to believe it, though. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, anyway. I, mean, I would have. I mean, yeah, anyway. 
So that'll be I a big thing for you. you did. It was so, the girls. Tom, I, before we get to some football stuff, we might as well stay on this. Um, I, th- this is a big game, it's sort of. It's a compass game, right? What direction is Iowa headed this, this, this year? How good can they be? And yet at the same time, I think we've seen, I, I want to point out to Iowa fans, a couple of years ago, Iowa played DePaul in this, these Gavit games at home and absolutely got destroyed and still had a great season, right? So I don't want this to be the one that everybody looks at and, and suddenly this, this team's going to be great or going to be bad. But at the same time, it is a measuring Didn't stick. Didn't we play Marquette and beat them, though, yeah, in the, in the yes. Gavit games? It, this is a measuring stick either way you look at it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, kind of a one-way thing. If they go there and lose, then just, you know, it, you kind of expect it, right? Creighton's a number eight team in the country. They've got, you know, a great center, really good guard in Alexander. They've got Baylor Shireman, one of the better shooters in the country. I mean, they've, they've just got they got a lot of things, and they're going to be at home, and I was a young team playing their first road game. So you kind of expect them to lose by, you know, 10 points, something like that. But Iowa goes out there and plays them tight. I think that's just a huge positive. I, I just don't, I don't know that there's a negative outcome unless they just look like a disaster out there. And, um, but I don't think that'll happen. Um, but if they go out and Play decent, maybe even pull an upset. You just kind of okay, all right. Well, in order to get an upset, I think they're going to have to try and keep Creighton under ninety points, and I don't know how they're going to be able to do that. They don't guard the three yeah, well that, enough. Not yet. That's going to be that's going to be the challenge. Is um, especially if uh, if Creighton gets cooking from the outside, then you're just you're in some trouble. I mean if. Well, and who's gonna who's gonna guard Kochbrenner? Ashworth and and yeah, and who's gonna who's gonna and, and well, the other thing with Kochbrenner is um, he's gonna prevent Iowa from getting to the rim too. And that's that's almost as important because if Iowa's not shooting it well, they're gonna try and get to the rim, and boy, they could just be in a lot of hurt um, and a lot of transition going the other way because Kochbrenner's good at protecting the rim or at least altering shots you know maybe not only got like three blocks on the year but he's he's good at altering shots and seven one guy that's that's a presence in the paint it should be mentioned for those who weren't paying attention iowa won their first two games this year 110 68 over north dakota and 98 67 over alabama state they got this game Tonight and then Friday they got Alabama State on BTN Arkansas home. State. Arkansas State. Sorry. By the way, take the over on Friday. Take, yeah, take the. He told me to do that on Friday, and I ended up. Um, people were getting mad at me who I was having dinner with because I was paying attention because it was so close. It, yeah, we made it. I know by five points. Um, never uh, in doubt. St- still, um, you know, Tom, you you bring up a couple of things here that uh, Iowa is going to have if they start if they can't get it to the rim. Then it's going to have to be from the outside. And right now, Peyton Sanford's shooting it at a high level, 21 points a game, which is great. He doesn't have a conscience. That's terrific. They're going to need a couple of other guys to go unconscious. And the one guy who's got to play better in terms of at least if he's shooting, oh, it's got to be Tony Perkins. I mean, uh, this, yeah, and we've seen him get, we've shooting. seen him go nuts, but he's shooting terrible. He's shooting really. I mean, it's a couple of. I know the other night it was like three of ten. And I think the first night it might have been three of eleven, maybe. Um, he is still getting to the line. He's still finding ways to get in double figures, but 
boy, for, you know, the, it's not like he's bombing away from the outside. He's getting some mid-range shots. He's just not hitting, hitting a whole lot of shots right now. And that's got to change. I mean, he's got to start hitting some shots uh, from the outside if Iowa's going to have any, uh, especially this tonight, if they're going to have any uh, opportunity to win, he's got to play really well. I think it was this. I think it was the Seton Hall game last year in these Gavit games that when Iowa went on the road and won easily, he had a great game. Right. I remember thinking, "Oh, yeah. he's he's arrived." He's, Tony he's, Perkins he's all American, is, is, right? And then, I think he's a big a big game player. Now tonight would be a good time to see if that let's, let's see if that happens. Right, comes back. Right, uh, if that happens. Hey, let's jump you over to football, uh, Tom, because I, I I was starting to read the transcript of. Um, of Kirk's press conference today. I get it. We're on. We're near Senior Day, so there's a lot of people doing stories on individuals. It's one of the longer question and answer periods I can remember in terms of Kirk. Just longer answers about individual players. A lot of, and I, I thought it was really interesting after a game like this one that was uh, so emotional the other day that suddenly he got a chance to stop thinking about and answering questions about inept offenses and start talking about his great players and 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 telling stories about the kids that he's had playing for him and you know they're going to have 20 guys walk on Saturday including Noah Shannon it was just it was a different press conference and this week Tory than Taylor. It, and Tory Taylor but a much different one than he's had in the last few weeks and I think he really enjoyed talking about the kids more so than anything else you could just see it yeah, and he's getting emotional again. And, uh, you know, it's, it's that time of year when he kind of gets sentimental about his players. And, um, you know, thank goodness nobody brought up Jack Campbell. Or he may have just been a blubbering <laughs> mess up there. You know, just because he is – and he said this one time that um, his dad was a crier. And he said, I think that's probably where I got it from. And – uh, as he gets older, he gets more emotional about this um, about this team and the season. And every season, it seems like the, the, the emotions start to well up when, when he starts hearing about his players talking about him and what he means to them. That's what sets off. That's like a... It's like a, a lawn sprinkler on a hot summer day, right? <laughs> <laughs> Going off. There he goes. Well, it's so well, you know what? Outside of Akron Wadley and that group, I think it's pretty much universal that in DJK, everyone loves Kirk, who's many, played for him. Many have. I, yeah. I, I would just say that if you go back and I think about young Kirk when he came walking in, and I remember that first year. I remember, I remember we sat and uh, they lost to Northwestern right at the end of the game that first year, and I said, this guy has no emotion. He just stand there chewing his damn gum. <laughs> oh, did I just say one I'm going to get bleeped for? Anyway, no. Um, I'm, I'm like, he's just chewing his gum. I couldn't believe And here we are, right? I yeah. was so wrong that first year. You were wrong. I was so wrong that first year. So uh, notes that you had, Tom, though, were that there were a few people today kind of indicating one way or the other whether they're coming back because some of these guys can actually come back and play Another year, obviously. Tory Taylor said he's done. He's thirty-seven he's, years right, old. Right, he's twenty-six, <laughs> but he's, he might as well be thirty-seven <laughs> years old. Um, uh, I, Logan I, you know, Lee's, I, Logan Lee's an old married guy, so he's, he's gone. On. Right, but uh, who else? But what there, else? There is a there is a chance that 
we could see Sebastian Castro back, Jay Higgins back, um, Quinn Schulte back. I thought um, Schulte was only junior. No, he's he's walking this week. So okay, he's yep. a fifth year guy. So he's um, hasn't really talked to them about it, but I I think there's some mutual interest in that. But here's the fascinating thing, guys. Iowa, as just as things sit right now, I think Iowa is six over <laughs> scholarship numbers. So, so bringing guys back to, would be hard. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just you know I know they want to bring Luke Lachey back if they can, um, and I think there's well, probably obviously a, it's probably a fifty-fifty or better chance that Luke comes back. I think um, I haven't talked to him about it in a while, but I, I think there's at least a an opportunity, but there's definitely Jay was definitely interested, and so was Sebastian Castro. And you get both those guys back, boy, that's you know, Jay's got a real chance, guys, at being um, Iowa has has a real chance of having repeat uh, first team All American. Absolutely, absolutely, that would be insane. About that, uh, uh, just and he was just Great. sitting there waiting his turn, right? I. I yeah. I can't remember if I read an article that was on your your site or whether there was somewhere where somebody was talking about back when he was a freshman and he went home and his dad was talking about how he was showing his dad with salt and pepper shakers what he had learned about playing the position and about how to read read offenses and where to go and the cerebral part of the game and then you started thinking okay it was well then why isn't he playing? Well, you know, I didn't play. He was behind Jack. He was behind Jack Campbell, right? And here he is. He's going to be an All American, right? And do you get yeah. him back? Possibly that would be that would be just absolutely fabulous. All right, Tom. If unfortunately, wanna, uh, we got. By the way, guys, guys, make sure you get to the stands early for for Senior Day ceremonies. Yes, if only to see what what Jay Higgins's dad uh, Roy wears. <laughs> He's wearing. He's wearing. Yes, if absolutely. He's still wear the hawk 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 cowboy boots, and it's yep. going to be awesome. So, real before we let you go, Tom, we went in Saturday. Yeah, of course. Okay, just want to make sure. We we'll celebrate celebrate a Big Ten West championship at Kinnick Stadium. Well, I, uh, I well, can they bring a trophy down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a trophy for it. So next four games are I'm trophy. Games. Skipping my grandson's birthday so I can be there. Two thousand <laughs> two thousand four was I yes. think the last time Wisconsin. I was able to do something like that. Wisconsin, yeah, yes, Wisconsin. Well, they, they clinched. Uh, they clinched against Minnesota in in uh, 20, 2015, 2016. They did. Yes. So I don't know why they would or would not have done that, except for they, that was a night game. But they clinched. But was I, Wisconsin was the last time they had a field the, trophies presentation. Yes. I remember it. I was there too. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks, Tom. Unfortunately, we got to do. We have to do three breaks okay. in this show these <laughs> these days. Thanks, but Tom. We'll talk to you later. All right, okay. Tom Caker to HawkeyeReport.com. Okay. All right, and he's, uh, of course, got all the great recruiting news as well as everything else. There's way more than we were able to get into today. Check him out at HawkeyeReport.com. We'll get back Next here. Next year, we need to have a two-hour show. Well, we can try it. We need, we need well, more sponsors. <laughs> we'll be back on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This is Drake men's basketball head coach Darren DeVries, and you're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. And we're back here at G-Migs. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. I want to make sure we thank uh, our sponsors on the program. Of course, Angie Lancaster, Remax uh, Concepts, and our friends here at G-Migs. Uh, come on down and join us here. We're, there, I noticed, by the way, I think there's five or six Big Ten Tuesday night games. Several of them start at six. We're going to be sitting here 
watching basketball. That's great. A lot of the, Come on down. Out. It's way better than we were doing when we were doing the six o'clock show and we had to do the show during the game. Yes, I like this, so yes. it's going to be great. All right, let's let's break down real quick before we. Let's uh, not forget to thank Hollywood. He's sitting here. All right, get, but get, he's not Gatehouse Pictures anymore. Oh. It's GH picks for a little while. Gatehouse pictures for the moment. All right, let's Hollywood just let's just our, thank Hollywood for helping us on our website. website. You can connect <laughs> That's all that matters. Absolutely, we do appreciate that as well. Yes, we have and Cyclone fans of the Hawkeye Huddle. There's multiple now. Uh, women's soccer team went into the NCAA tournament with a uh, home game against Bucknell. It took them two goals in overtime. By the way, they play two overtimes when they play overtime. It's kind of odd. Two 15 minute periods. Two 15 do you, don't you don't have to explain soccer to me? But <laughs> okay. Did you watch that Man City Chelsea uh, game on Sunday? That was incredible. I, I did not. Four four. But I really really liked uh, Obasanya. He's my favorite player. Uh, for anyway. Uh, God bless you. Twenty six hundred and thirty nine fans showed up for that. That's our Iowa soccer record by about a thousand people. Showed up on Friday <laughs> right, night. Two thousand six hundred. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, by a thousand. By a thousand. So uh, <laughs> Iowa moves on. Uh, they outshot Bucknell twenty-five to four. Oh God! I don't. No one cares. They won two-zero. They do care. No, they they care that they won two-nil. And they who play, do they play next? They play Georgia in Clemson, South Carolina, one p.m. on ESPN Plus. Is that in Friday. Death Valley at the big stadium, or probably think, not? I don't think they play at the big stadium. I don't think so. That'd be so. <laughs> two thousand eight hundred people in eighty thousand. They are currently thirteen four and four, so that's pretty good as the Big Ten champions. Field hockey in the NCAA tournament, not so much luck. They lost to Louisville in overtime. Two to one in Evanston, Illinois. Did you know there was controversy? There was as to whether that should that the goal should. I don't have even know. I don't even know what it's called. A penalty, something or other. But the ball has to leave the arc, and it was on the line. And and they reviewed it, and they it, gave Louisville the goal in the, in the, spite the, of it. Right. So um, Iowa ends their year at thirteen and six. They did have the Big Ten Freshman of the Year in Dion Van Oslem. And uh, they'll have some good players coming back, but uh, a little disappointment after they were ranked number one for a while in the year. Uh, women's wrestling, we bring this up because, not only because it's new sport for them, and how are they only ranked number eight? I don't quite get that. I suspect that when the next rankings come out in January, they might be yeah, number one. Well, uh, three victories over Presbyterian, number 13, Lindenwood, number eight, 11, and uh, Sacred Heart, number five, 41 to one, 44 to one, 43 to nothing, and 40 to four. So the only way to get one is like a team misconduct. <laughs> right, somehow. I, or, how do you get one? Or a, a, a right, unsportsmanlike. Right, how do you get one? I don't know. Somebody pull someone's hair? <laughs> it beats me. As we have said, there's not a lot of uh, colleges currently wrestling in women right now, but they're 4-0. Oh. Number eight, uh, the, the bigger story here, 8,027 fans. 8,000 people showed up to watch this on Sunday. This breaks a new women's wrestling record, a new uh, United States na national women's wrestling record for people to show up and watch a, a wrestling event. So now we've got basketball and women, women's basketball and women's wrestling as well uh, in there. They have uh, the Missouri Valley College Open this week, Friday and Saturday, and that's a lot of what they're going to be doing okay, in wrestling and open Okay, this is way too much so. time for that. It's not. We oh, had to God, go. Brett, was, please. Was a minute. It was a How about the half. fact that Kaylin Clark set the uh, all-time women's, women's basketball. basketball scoring record at the University of Iowa, and she still has 30 games to play this We're year? Not yes. to mention she could come back next year. She's 700 points away from the NCAA record, which I believe is held by – in. Kelsey Plum. Kelsey. Not not in Inuasu. Okay. Kelsey Plum. Seven hundred. So how much is that in thirty? Twenty five a game, and she's got it. 
About 23 a game That's is actually right pretty darn close. Iowa with a big victory over Virginia Tech. 80-76 to 76 was never quite that close. Virginia Tech rated number eight. And then they go up to the Valley favorite, UNI, and win by 41. 94-53. Now, that, uh, UNI didn't shoot the ball very well, but part of that was Iowa. And the, the thing that was impressive about this to me in both games is is Iowa played this differently. Uh, Lisa Bluter did not play. Eddie O'Grady didn't play against Virginia Tech. I didn't understand that. They went with Sharon Goodman, and, and they went with Hannah Stokey. They went with athleticism and a little bit more height, and they wanted to play faster, and so they did. And Addie O'Grady came out and played a great game on Sunday and played plenty, right? So Tanya Warren and I went to Creighton together. So I know Sweet Tea just a little bit. Not very well. She probably doesn't even remember me, but we used to converse and see one another. And I, I will tell you this. When she says that Kaylin Clark is, without question, the best women's basketball player she has ever seen, this is high praise. Okay, Tanya Warren in the state of Iowa, when she graduated high school, she was the best basketball player in the state of Iowa. And so she knows a lot about women's basketball. And uh, you're, obviously you're not going to hear any of us uh, dispute that. Um, but the Connecticut fans need to get over themselves. Oh, for heaven's sakes. And the page backers. Yes, saying, oh, come, come on. on. Okay, so I, she's, yeah. No. Yeah, she's come great. Yeah, and she, by the way, when they're on the Olympic team together, it's going to be, be spectacular. Right. And then uh, they can throw it down to the girl from LSU. Angel Reese. And Angel we'll Reese. And, yeah. And, yeah, we'll and see how that works. Some of the WNBA players. That's going to be – it'll be interesting to see how many college kids make that team. Anyway, um, an all-time record for women's basketball attendance in the state of North Carolina when Virginia Tech played Iowa. There was no North Carolina game prior or <laughs> after. There was no North Carolina school anywhere connected with that. Downtown Charlotte, they sold out the arena for uh, what, and had the largest What is the Midwest ever. Regional? Anybody know for NCAA women's basketball this year? I'm not sure where. Maybe the intern can find that out for us. Figure that out. Um, either way, they got Kansas State Thursday. That's a that's payback a, game. And that's a yeah. big game because yeah. they lost to K-State down yeah. the Bramlage yeah. last year. And then Drake on Sunday, and Drake just beat Iowa State rather easily here the other day. I mean, it was 9-10 points, but they were ahead the whole game. And, and uh, Drake's Drake got a good basketball good team. team. So these are good teams Iowa's playing. Is that, that's not in Des Moines, is it? No, it's in Iowa City. Um, Iowa did not move up to number one. South Carolina got a couple of ranked wins, and so they, they jumped from they six to one. They smoked Notre Dame and Maryland. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like if the roles were reversed, that, that's not happening. But either way, um, Iowa's number two. How many two? ESPN voters are on that? Right, I don't know. Exactly. Iowa, but uh, a couple of other notes in here. Sydney Affalter, she showed up. I think she went 9 and 14 rebounds uh, in each game. And uh, Hannah Stolke with a couple of 24 outings. Oh, they double them up. What's that? It's Albany and Portland. They have both regionals. Oh, that's uh, right. Because last year it was in Seattle. And the Nationals are like in Cleveland. Or Final Four is like Cleveland, right? Well, that's a lot closer. Well, it's not as cool as Texas. But okay. Right. We'll, we'll talk about it. Anyway, and the other good thing to see the other day is uh, Gabby Marshall was 0 for 9 uh, for 3 from the first two games. She went 5 for 9 on Sunday, so and she back, and that's fine. This is going to be interesting to watch because this team is, this team, as bad as people were worried about uh, missing out on losing their center, this team has figured out how to play slightly differently. They are out-rebounding teams. They're shooting free throws better, and they're playing better defense overall, which is great to see. So the best line I've heard so far as it relates to women's basketball is that if Gabby Marshall walked by a certain Cyclone fan on the Hawkeye huddle and looked at him and then winked, he would never root for Iowa State again. <laughs> it's all I have to say. We need to go to break. We do need to go to break, but it's been good to watch them. Uh, and 
appointment television still for them. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. All right. We'll Keep be your back. peacock because you're going to need it you're, for the women. Need it for, uh, all, all, all the way around. All right. We'll come back. We'll uh, wrap things up, get you set for tonight's game against Creighton. We'll get you set for Saturday against Illinois. When we come back on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This is Chuck Reed. Join me for every Drake Bulldogs football game this season on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Chuck also uh, frequently stops in after this show on Tuesday night, so you may see him here later tonight as well. He loves G-Mix. So, he's uh, also a big fan of the huddle. He's a big fan of the huddle. In fact, without Chuck, without Chuck, we wouldn't be on the air. He, he hooked me up with Dan. Oh, with 1350. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that, there's hey, a good news. We have... Uh, Eight minutes to go through everything you want to go through. Well, you stopped me on half of my stuff in the last Because segment. I was trying to push you quicker. I, and then you get us to this where now what are we going to talk about? Here's what we're going to talk about. What do you think tonight? What do you think? So let's let's do Saturday first. Senior day. Love it that Noah Shannon's going to get the, the biggest standing ovation. No, he's not. Tory Taylor. Tory Taylor is? You think so? No, Shannon's going to get. He's going to well, and they're going to be right, right. So it's probably going to be Shannon then Taylor. That's true. St. Yes. Yeah. Because they do it alphabetical. Yeah. So the color and pageantry is going to start early for us. We got to be there. I, like I say, I'm literally. Two o'clock. I'm, I'm I'm literally skipping Logan's birthday to go to do this, right? But right. I got to be there, right? We got to be there. Um, now, granted, I've got a, a few other reasons to do this as well, but uh, yes. we've, we've got to be there, and it's going to be. Uh, we want to celebrate. There are twenty guys. I think Kirk said there are six guys who are in their there six guys who are in their sixth year, including Joe Evans, who's up for whatever the walk-on award is. The Blowworth, Blowworth, something like I that. Don't I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, How does he not award. win that? I, I, yeah. After that, I don't know. He's certainly got a chance. He also mentioned, you know, Kyler Fisher's going to graduate. Kyler Fisher's a walk-on. Kyler Fisher's been playing for two years. He's and made makes huge plays. We just take it for granted that Iowa's going to have some of these guys. Quinn Schulte, who wanted him? Uh, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Preferred walk-on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and he's the quarterback of that defense, right? He's the unsung hero of that defense. These guys, so you're going to want to be there if you're a Hawkeye fan early. For I can't the believe Sebastian day. Castro yeah. might come back. That that, that would be great. Me. I, that, well, I, I can't like believe Jay Higgins gonna, would come back. But, Go but, get paid, dude. No, no. They're going to get the new... Oh, the option, NIL thing. The new option is the NIL thing can give them some money now, and then if they feel like they're not going to. So what's going to happen on Saturday? I so Iowa. What are we? Three and a half. Three and a half and thirty and a half. Um, By the way, the under, enter, entertainment the, purposes. The, the over only. did not pay the other day. I, they should have. I know. Run the ball into the end zone. But they just, took an E, right? They took you know, an E. Um, I think the Illinois offense that we've seen the last two weeks will not be. Uh, showing up in Iowa City. I think that Phil Parker held them to nine points last year. Um, Iowa, for those who don't remember, Iowa should have won that football game, but they called Riley Moss down, and it was debatable on a fumble return. Yeah, that was the one that I think we agreed was probably oh, ultimately, okay. Right. Ultimately a good call. But, uh, yes, it was darn close. And, yes. and we were sitting Iowa, here. Iowa lost nine to six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So we more points than that this week. And uh, I got the Hawks winning 17. No, I'm sorry, 19 to 7 <laughs> for the fourth consecutive week. We thought that we were going to get 19. I know. The other we day. we had 19 so, dialed in. And I was like, why are they going for two when they're at the 12? And I was like, well, I kind of get it. But nevertheless, so for the fourth consecutive week, I'm going to go 19 to 7. Um, 
so a couple of interesting things. bigger question I, might I be, saw, how are they going to get set? Right. I saw a Stuart Mandel article today where he was talking about stop rates. Uh, they were making fun of USC, actually, USC. Right. Who's had three stops all year. Right. Iowa's uh, number three. in the. You know the top four teams in stop rates all, in the All country? in the Big Ten. Ohio <laughs> State, Michigan, Michigan Iowa, Iowa, Penn State. Oh, okay. Right. Iowa is third in stop rate. So teams score uh, 0.79 points per possession against Iowa. Uh, they, it's 80%, they have an 80% stop rate. 80, eight out of 10 times you get the football, you do not score against Iowa. You know what Illinois' stop rate is? No. 50%. I think so the 50, Hawks, 56%. if we get eight possessions, we will score on four of them? Four, on four of them. That's if you hold 19 that points, I'm telling you. It, right. It's a formula exactly. for success. I like where you're going with this, right? I think Illinois uh, improved their offense immensely, and they figured out a way to throw the football a little bit. But I, but if you just got to cover number one, well, at the end of the day, if you can't be you cover have, you one and block be, four, you can't. These be are the two keys to beating Illinois. Complaining, I was interrupting her. You can't be. I'm sorry, the first 18 minutes of the show is you. No, I, that's right. Interim in it, so at this point no, in time, sh- sh- no kidding. <laughs> render you useless. All right. Now that uh, now that don't make eye if you don't make one team if, don't make eye contact yeah, if you become one dimensional if you become one dimensional and all you can do is throw the football you're done if you become one dimensional all you can do is run the football you're done against Iowa in this case Illinois is going to have to figure out how to do both I don't think they will I agree with you Nebraska shut them down yes and on Saturday you will shut them down I uh, you will tonight tonight you are the best hockey team in the, in right. the world. Now, Iowa shuts them down, and I, so i got to go where I've been going. 1917. We're going to give them 17. They get some sort of throw. But I'm yes, I got zero, you. Right? This but that's it. also an over. But, but it is, and, I'm, and I will bet it again because sooner or later, much like your friend you, Mo, it's going to come around. And Pete Futek at College Football it's gonna News. It's going to come around. It's got to happen one of these But days. what's going to be really fun is winning the Big Ten West Championship right there, clinching it. We won't have to worry about Nebraska. We're and then we'll rest in. our we're, starters. And then we're going to Indianapolis <laughs> the two weeks later. No. We're going to have a good time, and I promise to be more lucid for that Big Ten championship game than I was the uh, w- So here's what's going to happen tonight. Game. If Iowa starts to run with Creighton, which is, they're going to because they can't help themselves, they're going to get run out of the barn. So they have to figure out how to milk between 15 and 22 seconds. Fran doesn't know how to do I that. I understand that. They've got to figure out how to be patient on offense. Because Creighton is going to come down and score at will. Friend doesn't know how to do that. So this is what this is what I was saying to Tom. Yes, bellwether game. If somehow Iowa sticks around, means good things for it's this basketball nine, team. Ninety-four right? eighty, Creighton. Uh, if, if if I was within fifteen points, I feel good about this team. I do. I don't think it's not that Creighton's unbeatable. It's a Creighton style of play. Everything plays into it. Young kids. Iowa will get better. I agree with you. That's about right. 9580. 9480 is what I said. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. All right. That's our thoughts. I'll tell you what. We're going to talk about it again next week. I bet we do. Right here on 1350. When you come back and you listen to us on Tuesday nights from 5 to 6 on the Hawkeye Huddle on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Bang.